back. Happy Monday. Hope you had an awesome weekend. It's Cork Stats, powered by the Mayo Media Net here on YouTube, presented by Jock Market, the daily app where we actually get paid. We're all making money. Wow, how much fun is this? Download it now for free. Use the code MMN. They're going to match the first 100 bucks for free. If it's free, it's for me. But we don't just talk it. We do it. You know, this is it, man. We live it. And you can't fake that kind of funk. It's so good to be back, man. I miss all this stuff. Man, by Monday, I am ready to really sink my teeth. I was up before the crack of dawn, as always, to bring you this. It's the fastest show in MLB absolutely anywhere. And I think you could take that one to the bank, man. Again, you can't fake this kind of funk. Here we go. It's the three pillars of profit at Cork Stats. Remember, if you're new, welcome aboard. I know we've been getting some new listeners slowly but surely. And once they hit, they kind of stick because you're getting the nuance, you're getting the context. We're really diving in deep and trying to provide just a deeper understanding and how to apply it into sustainable betting strategies. Really all that great stuff that you do. Make sure you know you rate, review, and subscribe to the audio only podcast and the YouTube channel here. Please subscribe and hit the like button, but not until you think I did a pretty good job. I'll beg you for it in a little bit. Let's get right into it. The jock market, man, we've been doing extremely well, but again, I I don't want you to just fast forward if you're not playing jock market because these are your DFS stacks, but also these total base props have just been my favorite thing lately. I mean, listen, the odds are there. It's not about system hopping or shifting. It's the best plus odd bet on the board right now. We've done very well. I like to play them in pairs. And if you hit one out of two and you're getting plus 135, guess who's making 30 some odd percent over and over and over again. And again, that's the name of the game. Yes, we'd all love to win the jackpot on DraftKings every night, but it is very difficult. So I am playing winner take all DFS stuff, but... I think you have to keep your expectations realistic. Again, I think with the work we put in, that we are competitive all the time. But let's not confuse what it takes to take down a GPP opposed to something like Jock Market where a good player or two is enough to be profitable. And then a a good piece of your portfolio being profitable and you had a great night. So there really are, I think they're two different games. I think the work can overlap. Let's get into it and show you exactly what we mean, everybody, yo. All right, it's the stack attack. Oh, I forgot. I actually got a new graphic. You know me. I'm doing the uh, the the thing here. Boom. I'm always trying to get a little bit better for the... I'm trying to get you audio-only people over to YouTube, trying to get those views up, trying to get those likes up. But also, I know it's just easier sometimes if you don't want to hear it to kind of freeze it, maybe take a screenshot and check it out. The first one on the board, we're looking at a couple of Nats here, righties against Ian Anderson, 4-5 ERA, 1-4 whip, 760 OPS on the season. A couple stats we're always looking to target, right? Double-digit walk rate plus 40% hard hit rate via StatCast. That's 95 miles an hour and an 860 OPS to right. Righties, he struggled in particular locating the fastball to righties as well, the changeup. So he's had a little trouble with the movement there, and he's gotten punished. So let's look at the big righties right now. The guy's killing righties, I should say. Sorry, on the Nats. We're looking at Nelly Cruz, hot to death right now, 970 OPS list, 35 plate appearances against righties. Also getting into some of that granular pitch data we've been talking about, right? If we're going to be putting our money on total base props and really trying to isolate the player, then let's get down and do it. If Anderson's struggling with the fastball, Nelson Cruz, 16% bow rate against fastballs from righties, 33% bow rate against changeups. There haven't been a ton of bad ball events, but if you hang it and he 
offers, there's a good chance that one will go in the seats. Let's keep an eye on Nelson Cruz. He's been killing righties since May 1st. And next up, Lane Thomas, you see there also, plus 1,000 OPS against righties. Last 31 plate appearances, he also has a 30% bow rate, 17% blast rate against Right-handed fastball since May 1st. We know the Nats kind of took a tick up at offense in May. We really, in general, when we saw the tick up at offense. I'm looking at season stats, but we also want to look at when the weather started getting warm to see who has responded, those two in general. Let's look at Nelson Cruz and Lane Thomas, and let's get through these. I know the graphic is new, and you see stars and bombs and all types of stuff. I don't want to overwhelm you, but if you're unfamiliar, I do have a Patreon page. You don't have to pay. It's a free Treon for you and me Treon, we Treon, whatever. It's just because there's so much information. So what I have is like a key because Jock Market has pricing, but it's also a good place where I put my some thoughts and we put some. Oh, we run the algo scores again. Hat tip to Pat Mayo. Feel free to tag him on social media any time of day, any day of the week. Let him know not just how good of a job I'm doing, how much how much fun this is, and how maybe how different what we're doing is. And you know that's where he made his bones not being afraid to be different so we're not going to back to what the work we're doing so just because there's so much going on right weather changes lineup changes pitching changes sometimes it really it's, it's very hard to lay everything out this early in the morning but it's very important that we do put down the foundation but you can follow me up on twitter mlb moving averages at mlb moving avg on the burn app yo and uh you know we're kind of laying this stuff out but it gets to Patreon, you'll see a key. So I like to think in jock market in terms of high, medium, and low settings, and this probably applies, again, across the board to DFS, your pricing, and then total base props, the pricing as well. So like I don't take a total base prop that's not in the plus money. I generally like to get above plus 110. Again, I'm always thinking in terms of sustainability. So if you have two plays at plus 110, we hit one, we want a double-digit return. That's kind of the, the way we want to get it done so again always thinking sustainability always thinking about losing right i mean when i place bets i always think about losing and long-term losing and how that might affect me and if i'll be able to withstand it and that's what we want to be doing so nelson cruz the two stars is the middle setting i have a bomb the bomb means not only is it the highest setting which is 666 right that we're going to be doing that's where we're capping our jock market plays but the bomb is actually having it for home run call if you're going to be betting home run plays man i didn't check these odds i'm sorry because i really have let them go the odds have not been great. Somebody like Thomas, if it is plus 400 or better, might be worth getting a tenth of a unit on or a twentieth of a unit on, right? A nickel or a dime. When I say that, I don't mean 50 or $100 like some people. I mean a .05U, .10U again. Really, the key to being sustainable is controlling your risk within a, a sustainable portfolio, you know, really being stringent with that. That's it really, it applies to everything, you know, it's trading, it's life, it's everything. Don't pay premiums, be smart, allow the odds to play out in your favor over the long term. So cruise at the middle setting, which is about like, I'd say like 550, but don't hold me right to it. Be ready to go up a few bucks. If cruise is getting to six, I think I'll go there. If he's above six, I might let it go. Again, inherent leverage in jock market. If the price is going up, it means demand is there. So it, it, it has to be production, but that's not the case in DraftKings. Everyone kind of dog piles on the free square, which is not the case, which is why you have to kind of be a little bit, I don't want to say smarter to win a jock market. You certainly have to be sharper. I, I'll go up against anybody. I'll put me up against the sharpest DFS pro in the world, and I'll just keep my argument. that They are not sharp. That's not what I'm saying, is that that game can be preset. That puzzle, you can preset the pieces. And this game, the puzzle's not preset. You can only think about it so much, and then we have to get in there and work the switches and work the controls. And that's what separates us from the field being proactive opposed to being reactive where you suddenly pay the price in jock market all right next stack we're looking at the blue jays and listen it's a bit chalky but we gotta get with it it's 
Kyle Horst Bradish, 645 ERA, 1-6 whip, 8-9-20 OPS on the season, man. It went south and went south fast. 44% hard hit rate, 12% barrels equals what? Brrr, drum roll, please. More than two home runs per nine and 1,100 OPS against righties year-to-date and nine of 10 home runs. So we're looking at, guess what? Toronto Blue Jays hitters that crush right hand Friday fastballs, and they have quite a few. Bradish's fastball has a 900 expected X log, actually plus 900 expected X log on the season. The Blue Jays just crush right handed fastballs. This is going to could get ugly early. Springer, Teoscar, Bo, Chapman, and Espinal all have a better than 15% barrel rate against right-handed fastballs on the season. So I know that's a lot of people, but you would want to stack them in DFS to get a little bit more narrow. Now, Espinal, Bo, and Teoscar of that sect each have a plus 900 OPS against righties last 35. So I, I, not to get into hot, but 35 plate appearances, maybe it's health, right? You know what I'm saying? Sometimes it's you're not chasing high. You're chasing wavelengths and bands and sideways and stuff like that again. that's an, I'm going to be talking about this in the offseason it's too much to get into now i can't tackle the hot crowd right now because i i feel like this is my premise just to tease it is i feel like they're not the people talking that hot doesn't exist they're not properly defining hot hot is not l7 like i agree with you i don't think that's hot hot is an individualized wavelength for each hitter and that's why the work is not being done because it's too hard and people are even not even looking at it through that lens they're too interested in l7 l14 which doesn't matter sometimes it does because it may coincide with the sine wave. Again, these are the things I'm going to be tackling. Wait, I have so much stuff for the offseason. Keep it tuned in. So it's we got um, Bo, Teoscar, and um, Espinal. Again, the more laser-focused guys, but those are all total base props. If you are able to parlay these things, man, that's another one. that is. I, the books are just not on this yet. I can't believe they're allowing us to parlay these because... Getting into a game like that where Bichette, Espinal, Tony Tasker, for them to all have two bases in a game where they score 11 runs is just not that big of a deal. Whether willing, like the outcome, the chance of that happening, the big run game where all those guys happen, doesn't match my opinion of the odds that they'll actually pay off. You know what I mean? Where you could end up getting like a 50, like a 50 to 1, where it's not a 50 to 1 that these guys will do that. So. Again, I think we're going to see, when we fast forward a couple months, we're going to see these odds come back to earth, and we'll probably be sad about that. Last stack is the Arizona Diamondbacks. We're looking at uh, going up against Mike Miner. Surprise, surprise. 8-6 ERA, 1,200 OPS. I can't believe he's in the big leagues. He's not going to be for long if this continues. 93% in-zone contact rate, 54% fly ball rate, 20% bow rate. Oh, my goodness. I mean, the fastball X-Logs over 700. The changeup X-Logs over 900. So we're going to be looking at Christian Walker, 1,300 OPS against Lefty, 17 barrel, 9% blast against those fastballs. Uh, he is just killing it. And Josh Rojas as well, 930 OPS last 30 plate appearances. He's looked really good since he got healthy. So we see Walker with the bomb tag as well. So Walker and Thomas I have going yard, but I think they're all viable plays. Take them all up to 650, those guys in chalk market. All right, let's get into fantasy really quick. And, you know, I just want to stop real quick and... I don't know, I guess appeal to the to the crowd, you know, that's where I've, listen, you have supported me, you know, not just with your viewership and with the likes and all that stuff, it really does matter, so, oh, this is a good time, hit the like button just right now, Boop, hit the like button, done, done asking, and um, I, we wanted to improve, right, so the things that we've laid out that have worked have stuck, and if you're unfamiliar with the fantasy show, welcome to the segment, I think it's excellent. Um, Tuesday and Wednesday, we dive the advanced statistical leaderboard, hitter, hitters and pitchers, depending on my updates. 
uh, look for ads, potential ads, players to highlight, which I then do look into. And then Thursday, we provided with an ad for every position in 10, 12, and 15 team leagues. Right, Friday, and then we kind of did that. It was like a state of fantasy address, which was really good. I think I'm more impactful in five minutes speaking to people about theory than trying to blast through notes and news where other people are doing it better because they're taking more time. Again, so like <clears throat> Deadpool Hitter Podcast with Rob DiPietro and Casey Bubbo when he's doing his lineup stuff, whether it be with Bloomy or, or whatnot. Other people are doing it. You get with those people. It just takes too long. But I do have a little bit of a news blitz because I think the awesome per- the pertinent things that I want to get to, I want to share with you. But when I, I was doing this 30 teams, every single team, and I don't think that was efficient. I don't think that was effective, right? Just because we're working really hard and you're not going anywhere. We're, um, in my case, I'm not helping you or teaching you or helping myself. You know, It's not really worth it. So let's dive into the notes that I do have. You know, We'll go through the teams. Just a handful of notes. Um, as you're filling out your lineups today, because again, what, you, we can't talk about ads and who you're, st- you're starting, who you're starting. We're at the point right now where injuries are piling up and even teams that want to platoon and don't really have the ability to. Let's get into it. So Boston, one team that is platooning, Franchi Cordero, is now being sat against lefties. He's starting to come back to earth a little bit. My boy, Bobby Delback. Check out the Twitter handle. You'll see what I'm talking about. Not just talking the smack because I like them coming in. The, the underpinnings are there. His in-zone contact rate rolling chart looks like a, you know that doji to the moon from last year don't look at the last six months <laughs> I mean just rocket ship you got to get behind guys when you start to see that so Dalback playing every day I'm back with him Chicago Cubs John VR is back and I wrote who cares one of my bigger misses this offseason man I'll tell you and a lesson maybe we'll talk about this on Friday is the lessons when we go into a season the one that I make seemingly year over year is spring training so this year I had two problems with spring training it was chasing pitchers and chasing hitters, right? So I was doing everything wrong. And this year I decided not to chase pitchers. And my pitching this year is fantastic. I'm not saying as you'd expect, but the work I put in, I followed those guys. And now they're really good. The hitters, I allowed some spring training guys to kind of get me off the rails a bit. Joe Adele, even like Clint Frazier at the end, looked like he was going to play all the time. John VR, who I just mentioned, got signed and is not playing. So I want to talk about that. Maybe we'll talk about that on Friday. Some of the mistakes that we've made, how to correct them. But John VR is back and who cares? To the Guardians, Andres Jimenez, as good as he's been, is sitting against lefties. Stephen Kwan is also sitting against lefties. The reason that matters, if you're in a weekly league, they have four lefties this week. So it's Gomber early, so you're playing him in NFPC, but three lefties at the Dodgers. So I don't think you could start Jimenez or Kwan if you have the option not to in weekly leagues. That's a lot of games to miss, and they seem to be pretty strict. I guess he could get in late, but they are sitting. Next up, Colorado, the big note. All the games are in cores. I wonder if you were sharp enough to pick up, you know, guys like Severin or, you know, Old Servin, whatever the backup catcher there is, probably going to hit two or three home runs this week. And there's another note, you know, we'll talk about one of those things I've learned is to be ahead of the schedule, look for cores, right? So I had Jonathan Daza going this week and even Sam Hilliard in a couple spots where I'm desperate in very deep leagues. So, um, <clears throat> Colorado, all the games there. The note for Detroit is a gold star on the big nose. Harold Castro is now playing every day and producing near the top of the lineup for the Detroit Tigers. We mentioned him two weeks ago as being highlighted. Then last week, he was the ad in 15 teams, and now he looks legit. We've done very well, and I'm going to talk about this as well in front of me and all the mistakes I've made. If, if you, again, I know people expect that I'm awesome at fantasy, which I, I, I want you to think that. And it's a style thing, so here's brief kind of background I was always a high stakes points player so I'm doing excellent now leading my league in points all that stuff I mean you know they hit the type of analysis I do is more 
theoretical, right? It's more profile-based, so I think that lends itself to point play and not so much to Roto, where I'm very good at identifying certain things and not good at putting the puzzle together yet, right? These niche kind of categories. Batting average, where I into OBP. Like, I consider walk as a skill. I think using batting average is really flawed. Steals. I think kind of steals are really kind of stupid. I think they're disproportionately weighed. But it's not up to me to make the rules. So I'm not trying to make excuses. But these are my own difficulties, right? So it's very important to self-audit and be aware of why we stink if we stink. And this year I have... But funny enough, I stunk across the board, and I'm being very honest about this. Uh, Roto, I'm talking about. My draft and whole teams, I've not been able to recover. Although, you got to see these lineups. And I've posted, I have posted, last place, uh, let's say 13, 14, 15th place teams, to legitimate, very smart players and said, can you believe this team is in last place? I have a, a, a good player at every single position. It's not like injuries and stuff. And it's every miss or every weird injury. You know, now guys are back. So it's like, you know, if you had Teoscar, he was terrible. So now you're putting in Teoscar, great. But Teoscar's on a lot of last place teams. So it's like, are you mad about that? Trevor Rogers, another guy I like. He's on a lot of last place teams. So, you know, I, I missed a lot. But now these guys, some of them are starting to come around. And it's like, that'll probably be the last lesson on Friday. We'll be not giving up just yet. So let's dive back into the board. But hopefully you get a little bit there. And that's why I think I'm more effective talking about fantasies, helping you there, all the theory stuff, and then we'll throw them in some notes. For the Angels, Mike Trout is back. For the Marlins, if you're in deeper leagues, Brian De La Cruz has played the last five. Looking at the Twins, Jose Miranda looks pretty good. He's been hitting for average lately. Had a pop, cup, some pop a couple weeks ago. He's been playing verse lefties and verse righties, something again we're looking for. Um, and keep your eye on Alex Kirilov tearing up the minor leagues. Over to the Let's Go Metsco, J.D. Davis has been DHing pretty much every day. So last four, six of seven, and ten of twelve. So He's a guy I hope you were adding. We mentioned him as well. Down to Philadelphia, who I just have facing really, really tough pitching. Sometimes it's just good to know, you know, to keep your eye on if you're looking at the ancillary players. Like, I know I've had to start a Dubel Herrera at times, you know, and it happens. But this is the week you're going to be leaving your Phillies um, alone. Pittsburgh gets circled because they have four games early in the week. NFBC people probably already on that. Other note was Swaggerty, who I know people were on uh, who I'm not saying it's going to be bad, but he just has been playing. It's, and Pittsburgh had been bringing people up and playing them, so I thought it's fair to, to have, have assumed that they would, but he's not playing, so he's not really startable. The Giants, the funniest thing, one of the better players in the entire league, Jock Peterson, sits against lefties. So funny, man. Like, he's so good. I mean, not just let him play. It's like he's ever hit lefties. And the uh, matters, so NFPC rolling him out in the first half of the week. He only gets Boobich, and he might pinch hit that game. He actually often does. And he gets Quintana late. So, I mean, listen, you're rolling him out there. I just think it's very funny. I wouldn't be sitting Peterson at all. The way the league is going, I wouldn't be sitting him at all. Um, Cardinals, part of that Pittsburgh first half, four games early. Tampa Bay, Choi sits against lefties, but he'll only see Nestor Cortez. So, I know Choi has kind of played himself into CI rel- you know, um, relevance. So, you could roll him out there where there's only one lefty. Texas Brad Miller is back, so he's going to be playing against righties they only have one lefty early so if you're in deeper leagues he's viable first half of the week brad miller is kind of a funny guy people are like, oh, brad miller but if listen if you've been rolling him out on that strong platoon tank that's another one of these lessons these are all the things that are part of becoming a very successful fantasy player the things i understand but i'm still in the process of applying so you know as much i again it's weird to have people call me an expert or whatever which i'm not comfortable with but i am comfortable with being called a very hard working specialist you know in some of the things that i do i'm fine with that and i know that's the fact but again translating it into piecing the puzzle together against 
other people who are very good at it. And again, of course, I didn't go play like you know public leagues. I go to play NFPC against the sharpest. But I've always liked that. Turn the turn the difficulty up all the way. I always want to be like that and try and learn against the best and catch my lumps. And I am indeed doing that. Although my fab leagues are all in you know sixth place or better because of our ability to add. We've been very, very good at adding, and I'm not going to be ashamed of that, and I do not spend ever fab money. I don't spend fab money at all. I'm a $20 or less guy because of what we've been doing. We had Drury for single digits. We've had everybody for single digits. It's been really good run, so if you're interested in that, we'll be on that tomorrow. All right, let's circle third and wrap this bad boy up. What I have last? Oh, yeah, Washington, the big note there was Lane Thomas is playing every day. I hope you've added him, someone who else we've mentioned. Like, I know the beat, the dead horse, the, you know, beaten drum all right let's get into the betting side before we get out of here unabashedly it has been a bit rough but even in that i think there's a lesson because i think even in its um even in its roughness um it, had you been playing all these plays kind of individually you're doing well right because i think like our work is good but parlaying is really what kills and i was trying to stay away from overextending my own stuff, right? I'm here recommending plays that are very important to me that I am playing with you. I'm not going to give a play that you lose and I don't. It's never how it works. I'm also a very serious better. So when I'm focusing, even third of a unit, again, if you follow my work at Patreon, even if you don't bet um, with me, I think it's important to see I do lay out how a professional strategy is is done. So we set a daily lot of risk and work backwards from that. So again, I can't just... Put a quarter of a unit is a big deal for me. So that's why we were setting up the daily parlay with a tenth of a unit, games that I had highlighted. That I'm, again, we're making no excuses here. That I had highlighted as model hits. But, again, lineups change. Um, old school better legend Dave Crokin with uh, Wager Talk just posted this yesterday. He bet the Angels early, model hit, whatever the case is. I don't want to speak for him. But what I can speak for him, and the lesson was, Shohei Otani ended up sitting. And obviously... You know, one hitter does not shouldn't totally change your model, but it's a big deal. You know, and not having him makes a difference. And anything that you had based on that gets thrown off, and you only get your bet taken back when the pitcher changed, not a hitter change. So I just really want to have people in line. That's why it kind of changes the first looks to lay out the things I'll be highlighting. So let's dive on into it. Some of this we kind of already covered. So one thing I had a listener reach out and really give me a great idea that we're doing now is because of the F5 algo work that we're doing, the MLBMA work that gets posted every day, again, on Twitter, with links are free to Patreon, all that stuff, to isolate now, because DraftKings is isolating F5 bets into isolated team totals. And if you see it up on the board, again, I'll walk you through it for the audio-only people. Now, I'm not into the juice. For example, Washington Nationals, first five team totals over 1.5. Now, the juice is minus 145. Now, there are certain people with Kelly Criterion, if you apply your own edge, I do not do that. Another fundamental discussion for the day. But if you're okay, I have this as like a guarantee. I hate that, you know, you never want to say nothing's a guarantee, but you have this as like, yes, smash it. If, meaning, if I did not have a set written strict parameter to not go over minus 130, I would say this is a viable individual play. But since I don't do that, I'm parlaying the both. So the two of them up on the board, Washington team total over one and a half, Cincinnati team total over one and a half. I love, love, love these one and a half team totals. To get two runs through five is just a swing. You get it in the first. You can get it while the pitcher is good. It is the best It is the best bet on the board for me. And you compare them together and get plus 190. And now I think there the lesson there is, it's kind of better. Being on two teams 
is kind of the same as an over, but here you're getting plus 190 opposed to two teams in the same game where you don't get to choose the teams will be minus 110. Just something else to think about. I I love the odds. I really do. I think that's really what it comes down to for me. I love the odds. We mentioned Ian Anderson and the struggles with the fastball. We don't even need him to get killed. I think we got our two runs early and then... Uh, Reds offense, I just have them modeled to get to Kelly, who has struggled as of late. The fastball velo has dipped a touch. The walk rate is now over 10%, which has dropped into the single-digit K-minus walk, something that, of course, you know, we're always looking for. Those kind of underlying skills are starting to degrade a bit for Kelly, who came out of the box, and he was just excellent. And we've seen him just struggle a touch, and we know the Cincinnati offense has really been on the song. So I think they get it done. I think we see a lot of offense. And then underneath, you'll see those total base props that I mentioned before. we got two up there, all these are already laid out. So if you fast forward to the first part, the details, the analysis is already broken down. We have Santiago Espinal and Teoscar Hernandez for the Blue Jays at plus 145 and plus 115 respectively. And then over to the Diamondbacks, Christian Walker and Josh Rojas, 105 and 145 respectively. Now this is what I wanted to get to. These total base props, these odds are just off the chain. You gotta play these. I mean, I'm starting to shift away from... Everything. I'm starting to shift away from all the general market stuff because of the odds. I mean, Espinal at plus 145, Rojas at plus 145. Take whatever your risk is. It doesn't matter. And that's why I like to do these sustainable exercises so everybody can do it together, whether it's a dollar, ten dollars. I hate when people it's a hundred dollars. Well, it means more or less to me than you. So that's why I'm talking X, right? Whatever your X is, take half and put it on Espinal. You take half and put it on Rojas. And if you get one out of two, you're talking 45%. That's ridiculous. Then you're at a point where you don't even have to hit him every day. So really something to think about, especially with the heavier odds ones. You can apply the same thing to all four of these players, Espinal, Tanaska, Walker, and Rojas. If we get two or four, it's a profitable venture. You always want to be aiming that. Where I'm getting at is, before we get out of here, one last lesson is when you're setting up a strategy, if you get it to the point where a 50% win rate is a lovely profit, you're probably getting around a good idea. And that's what I'm talking about, right? That is where you want to be. I wish I could say that I had an edge stronger than that on the general market, but come on, that's ridiculous to say. And it's, even if you did, the pricing is not there. You're not, you're never going to have this kind of model strength hit on a plus 145 on the general board and that is the last lesson today so thanks everybody for joining us again love these monday shows i'm really trying to bring it hot and heavy you know i miss you i haven't seen you and there's a lot to get into so i hope everything was pretty actionable and hope the fantasy stuff even though it was a little more cherry picked information it was just the actionable info and then if you really want the whole swath you gotta kinda go somewhere else I just don't have the time to cover it but we did walk you through the stacks some of those really granular individual pitch breakdowns which I love man I'm starting to to stretch now we're at 25 minutes getting out of here rate, review, and subscribe to the audio pod please like the video that was definitely worth it I hope some of that strategy and download the Jock Market app for real we're gonna be in there today you're gonna see you'll know exactly who we have I love it. It's a full slate, 7.05 IPO for a 7.05 start. It's easy money, baby. Don't overextend. Let everyone else do whatever they're going to do. We have the names. You have the image. If you want, the only place I would say that I do circle back for, games that we have highlighted for totals, right, overs, as you follow along through today, 
if there are at bats in those games available for let's say three seventy five four dollars or less, you'll almost want to just get on them just for opportunity based plays. But other than that, I don't chase guys that don't come up on a model. Thanks so much. Rate, review, and subscribe. Love you much. Tag Patty Mayo. Tag me on Twitter. Get me up in the comments. I'm gonna try and get back to everybody. We're obviously getting pretty popular because I'm getting to the point I really can't get to everybody. It's really awesome. It's really nuts. But if you tag me publicly, then we can kind of share all this info. All right, everybody. Enjoy the games. Enjoy your day. When we're done with the book, enjoy that pay, everybody. Remember. When you work this hard, it feels a lot less like luck, don't it? You bet your arse. Peace.